Hey there, this is Ben Sanders, lead pastor of Revelation. We are so honored that you've tuned in to our podcast today. Even if you're not a part of our Revelation family here in Frisco, Texas, I want to encourage you to connect with us on social media. Just search for Revelation Frisco on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also go to revelationfrisco.church to get to know us a little bit better and even plan a visit. It is my prayer today that this message brings you one step closer to Jesus. Let's jump into the message. Good morning. Come on, y'all can do better than that. Y'all know me, I'm kind of high energy. Good morning. Good morning. There we go, that's better. I can deal with that. Um, again, my name is Mary Blassengame, and I have the privilege of serving you guys through hospitality, through the praise and worship team, as well as the mic and ministry team. And um, today, I just want to share one of many testimonies um, of how God changed everything through a situation in my life. And the scripture that I'm backing this with is Psalms 37, 4 through 5. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust him, and he will act. And I want to talk to you today about the power of trusting God. Um, So a little bit of background. Um, I'm a church kid, and, um, you know, we we were raised up in the church. My grandmother was the type of woman that if the church doors was open, you needed to be there. So we were, we were always in God's house, and my grandmother was more than just a server of God. She was a lover of God. She loved everything, his people, his word, his worship, his house. And she taught me so many things during the course of my life just about the importance of praying. You know, we prayed every night before we went to bed. You know, the importance of reading God's word. You know, she would just be sitting at the table and she'd be like, come on, let's read. And I'd be like, for real, Nana? Like, I want to go outside and play. But she instilled those things in me. But more than the things that she talked to me about, the things that really impacted my life was how she lived hers before God. And she was a woman that lived her life limitlessly in God. There was nothing he could not and would not do. And she believed that with all of her heart. And she didn't just trust him with her, you know, in calamities or in situations. She trusted him in everything. And she always put him first. And one thing I remember was um, I was just new in Christ. I was only like 22 years old. And her and I had went to Baltimore to go visit my great-grandmother, who was still living at that time. And we were in Baltimore visiting with my cousins. You know, my grandmother and them were in the kitchen, kids playing and what have you. And I heard this this gagging noise, right? And I was just like, ooh, what is that? I'm looking around trying to figure this out. And I look, and our oldest daughter, Xavier, at the time she was about 15 months old, and she was choking and I was just like, you know, okay, what, you know, what's going on? So I pick her up, you know, and I try to do the little baby Heimlich, you know, and everything. And, you know, I'm, I sweep her mouth to try and, you know, see if I can get this thing out. And I couldn't see anything in her mouth. 
There was just nothing there, but she was just gagging and gagging, and then she started turning, ooh, she started turning blue. And I was just like, oh my God, like, what is this? So I yelled for one of my cousins to call an ambulance because I, I can't see this thing that's in her mouth and I can't get it out. And then she, she spits up and there's blood in it. And there's just this blood and spit up and it's just everywhere. And y'all, at that point, I went into a complete panic. I mean, I was hollering and screaming and just, oh God, my baby, you know, and that whole kind of thing. And out of nowhere, my grandmother's there. I don't even know where she came from. I just remembered like one minute I'm hollering and screaming, holding this baby who at this point, she's just like, she's just limp, you know, and, and my, just turn around, look at my grandmother is there. And she just snatches the baby from, you know how, you know how older people do, she snatch that baby. <laughs> and she looks at me dead in my eyes. She says, girl, don't you know how to pray? Right. And she takes, she takes my baby and she just cradles her mouth, I'll never forget it, in her hands like this. And she says, in Jesus' name, and there's a piece of plastic right there on the tip of her tongue. She just belched, and it was just there. And in that moment, I had realized that although I was raised in church, and I thought I knew God, and I did know God to an extent, but I didn't understand the importance of trusting him in everything. It's easy to trust him when things are going right and when things are your way. But when you're in a crisis, the first thing you should do is try God first, yeah. not last. That's it. I love it. And so I would have never thought that come forward 23 years later that God would test my faith. So we're going to fast forward to June 20th. Now, at this point, I have been living for God myself 23 years. And my oldest daughter, same kid, <laughs> the same kid that had choked on that plastic, um, was living in Atlanta. And it was like 2.30 in the morning on a Friday, and I got this call in the middle of the night. And it was um, her roommate that she was staying with. And she said, Miss Mary, I, I, I don't know what's going on. You know, Xavier hadn't been feeling well, but she's convulsing in the floor. And we're waiting on the ambulance to come. And in my head, I was just like, what? Like, what are you talking about? Because I had just talked to her like two days before. And, you know, she was like, you know, I'm battling this cold and, you know, I'm taking cold medicine or whatever, but I'm okay. And in two days, we went from this to now she's convulsing in the floor and they're waiting on an ambulance. And I, I didn't know what to do. You know, my baby is 700 miles away. I couldn't see her. I couldn't lay my hands on her and pray for her. But then I remembered Psalms 37, 4, and 5. Take the light in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will act. And y'all, when I tell you, I got on my face. I got on my face. And I cried out to God and I prayed. I said, God, I don't know what's going on with her, but you do. And all I can say, God, is touch her. Yes. Heal her, dear God. Whatever this is, Jesus, is no match for you. I didn't have my grandmother to rely on. She had just passed away six months before this. And now it was a time of, yes, you have served me and you have given your life to me. But do you really trust me? 
And so over the course of 38 days, my daughter was in the hospital. And I found out later what had happened was, like I said, she was battling this cold and she was taking some Advil. And instead of her taking one tablet every six hours, what does it say? Do not exceed you know, three in a 24-hour period. She had taken two Advil every four hours for an entire day. And it just revved up her body to the point to where it just crashed. And that's why she was convulsing in the floor. And during the course of her being in the hospital, she had gone into renal failure and heart failure. And we're talking about a 24-year-old girl. We're not talking about someone that's, you know, had a bunch of health problems or anything like that. But, you know, the doctors had told me, you know, that she was possibly going to have to do dialysis. And if she started dialysis, she was going to be on it for the rest of her life. But let me tell you about my God. Because I made it a point to commit myself in every waking moment that I had to put my daughter before my God. And I laid her at his feet. And First Chronicles 6.11 says, Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. That doesn't just mean when you think about it. That means when you're driving in your car, when you're grocery shopping. Always put him first in everything. And so that's what I did. And God moved. And he didn't just move in a little bit. He moved mightily. She went from, okay, God, you know, my baby's in the hospital. She's all these miles away. And this is during COVID. So I couldn't even have gone to the hospital if I wanted to because they weren't allowing anybody to come and visit, you know. And I'm like, I can't get to my baby, God, you know, and she's, she's all alone and she's, she's scared. You know, God, what do I do? And God said, you got a cousin in Alpharetta that is a physician's assistant. And he had access to the hospital that she was in, called Curtis. So I called Curtis, and he went up there every day to check on her. He gave me regular updates on her, and, and just that was just one way that God just said, I, I have this, and gave me peace, because he had somebody that was there. I wasn't even thinking about it. It was just a family member, but he provided that. And then she got out of the hospital. They had to transfer her from one hospital to a second one because they wanted to put her in a facility that was for heart specialists. And so I'm like, okay, God, you know, now she's getting ready to get out of the hospital, but, you know, she can't come home. What am I going to do? Once again, call Curtis. So I called my cousin, and he put my baby up. He went to the hospital, picked her up, and brought her back into his house. And he didn't just put her back in his house until she recovered. He took me my baby sister who's sitting here today, and my middle daughter, and he took us for two months while she was recovering. See, that's an example of God covering you, providing. He's a way maker. That was a situation where there was nothing that I could do. I didn't have a way to get to her, but he made a way that there was someone that could be there with her when she was lonely. I couldn't find a place to stay, but he provided a place for us to stay so that I could take care of my baby. And then when we came back here, it's been two years since this had taken place. And to this day, she has never had to have any dialysis. She has not even any micro scarring on her heart. 
See, he didn't just heal her a little bit. When God moves and when God works, he works completely. He doesn't leave any traces of any doubt if you'll just trust him. And I'm going to give you this one for a bonus because I just found this out like a week ago. Um, I had saw a letter come in the mail for Xavier. And I said, oh, madam, you know, have you been, you know, trying to work at, you know, paying on this hospital bill? Um, and she said, no, mama, that's the last bill from the physicians. She said, um, you know, the, the bill had came or whatever, and there was a program that they had had. Now, this bill was well over $100,000 that she had had from being in this hospital all this time. She said, and mama, they wiped the entire bill out. So see, not only did God heal her, but then he made a provision that she didn't have to carry the burden of that sickness, not even financially. And that's what I want to encourage you about today, that he's not just your God in a few things. Make him the ruler over all things in your life. Trust him in everything and put him first. Don't try him later. Try him first. And I encourage you as you go on and you travel during the holiday season to remember the power of trusting God. Because not only is he worth it, it's worth it to put your trust in him. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Sister Mary. Eric, if you and the worship team could come. You know, we, we, during our prayer time today, I love that story, Mary, and, and um, you know, let's remember our pastor as well, but, uh, you know, a pastor's job is to grow the flock, you know, and it's, it's such a privilege that he embraces those who are gifted in the congregation and gives them opportunity, because, you know, God created each and every one of us for a specific person with a story of your own and the opportunity to see that, so thank you so much, Mary. Um, you know, what we said during our prayer time today that's so powerful is, and, and this, this series is called This Changes Everything. And we change continually in, in this story for Mary, and circumstances and emotions sway us, and we're constantly changing. But what's the one thing constant? Hebrews 13 and 8. He was the same yesterday, today, and forever. So when we talk about change, it ain't about Jesus changing. It's about us changing right? And you just think about change. Think about three years ago. Think about how your life is different four years ago three from today. We don't think about, like, the whole world is changed differently. We looked at this yesterday, you know, five billion people for the first time ever came into compliance to get a shot. First time ever, five people, and, and I'm, I'm, it's, it doesn't matter about whether that's right or wrong. It's the first time ever this planet, five billion people have come into compliance with this thing. So just think about that change over time. But Mary's story, and uh, we all, everybody have a struggle every week? I know y'all sin at least once a day. I know y'all sin at least once a day. I might be three, five, seven. I mean, I don't know. It's quite a few times in a day. But the thing you can rest on and, and the thing, and, my, you know, our son's gone through things. Me and my wife struggle with this. And what are you going to believe? You know, Mary's message. What are you going to believe? Yeah. Are you going to believe the circumstance? Are you going to believe the way you feel about it? Because if I believe about the way I feel about it, it's going to change a lot, especially if the Eagles lose to the Cowboys. Remember that said, Ben. Tell Ben about that later. That's on the recording just for him. But just think about that. But Jesus Christ, he healed people 6,000 years ago at the beginning of time. He did it 1,000 years. He did it last week. He'll do it today, and he'll do it tomorrow. He never changes. Amen? Amen and amen. Let's just pray and just have a little time of worship.